Praise the Lord. We welcome you all to our live broadcast this Sunday, May 1st, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we've come before your throne of mercy. We have come, Lord, that you may give us understanding. We have come, O Lord, our God, that you may use us to reach your people. We have come, O oh Lord, that your people will use the message to reach others. Father, we pray for your enabling grace as we walk the walk you have given us to do. For as many as will obey, Father, we are praying, Lord, sustain them, enlighten their coast, bless them, Lord, with even more anointing. In Jesus' name we have prayed. We pray the blood of Jesus Christ upon this message. They hear us from here all who walk in the ministry. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. The instrumental is taken from our brother Calibrasi. Our prayers continue to go to the Lord to continue to enlarge his coast. Today's topic, following Christ in this time of immense unbelief. The outline Introduction. Two, are you following money or following Christ? It has to be one or the other. Three, are you on the wide road or the narrow road? The wide gate or the narrow gate? You can't be on both. Four, how do we follow Christ in this time of immense unbelief? The song will be protector of my soul. Praise the Lord. Introduction. Sometimes faithful followers of Christ even get discouraged. But what I'm going to say now is not what discourages them. I'm going to tell you as we go on. So I ask you, have you been watching what's been going on in Ukraine? Where a country called Russia invests another country called Ukraine. If you have not been following the news and watching the images on your TV screens, I suggest you do so. I want you to see the devastation. I want you to see it in real time. I want you to see mass inhumanity to another human being or humanity's inhumanity to others. I want you to see how the powerful determine that they must have something or everything as are willing to kill innocent women, children, and etc. Let me continue to say, from the time Adam fell, evil has always existed. It started with what? Frat fratricide. Where Cain killed Abel. The reason I want you to watch these images on your screen 
It's not because this is the worst atrocity that has happened from the time of Adam to now. There have been worse atrocities before now. However, this is the first time you can see evil on our screens in real time. Evil has been committed in so many places. I'm from Africa, so I can say it greatly. The transatlantic slave trade and the use of human beings as beasts of burden for me represents the worst that speaks an African. But what else I'm going to tell you? Is it in China? Is it in even the so-called United States of America where they decimated a whole group of Native Americans to take over their lands? If those evils have been documented, that don't mean narrate, you see, when we narrate, it's not the same thing as the picture we see. So I want you to see that wickedness has always been there. Narrations can't justify it. I was in a country called Biafra many years ago. Most of you listening will not know. I saw evil firsthand. I saw it and no, there's no one can narrate what happened and you ever take it. And yet that history has been rubbish by the authorities in that country. I've seen evil. And those who were in World War II, who are alive, will tell you the evil they saw in World War II. In the Korean War. In China, where whole groups are banished in one area. It's evil continues. Now, three months ago, the Ukrainians never imagined they were going to see this horror. They never imagined it. This horror can reach your own country. It can reach my own country. I hear somebody say, not in my country in Jesus' name. Okay, I second that. But the Ukrainians could also have said the same thing months ago. It's not God that brings evil. Human beings bring evil upon themselves because of our sins. Despite all I've just said, for true followers of Christ, these deteriorating world events and evils of the past is not what bothers them. I'm very serious. It is not. Even though some of us think that these events could lead to the end of the age. But what discourages most followers of Christ who are spiritual is that they are witnessing the greatest unbelief from the time of Adam to now. And that greatest unbelief is not by unbelievers, but by those who claim to be born again, who claim to be Bible-believing, practicing Christians. That is what gives many people sleepless nights and crying to God. Lord, what can we do? These people say they are believers. But they are polluting the world, even worse than unbelievers. Satan is very crafty. He is always probing to find human beings' weaknesses. Right from the time of Adam to now, he probes. And throughout the ages, he has always used such weaknesses to lure people away from God. 
In the garden of Eden, Adam's weakness was what? Not a fruit, it was Eve. Someday ask me and I will explain. For the Israelites in the wilderness, that fraction of Egypt was their weakness. Fast forward to the 21st century. Satan has found that money, money is the greatest weakness of most of those who claim to be born again. Who claim to be Bible-believing, practicing Christians. Father, they love money more than unbelievers. The evidence that Satan has been very successful in tapping into this weakness. I want you to look at the number of apostate church organizations in the world. And building school churches that continues to increase every day. On your streets, I'm sure a new church building has arisen. Many pastors and Jews who started well have gone into apostates. Why do you think they did so? They ran after money. They once believed in the inerrancy of the scripture. That is, that the scripture is the final authority on how believers must act and talk. Why did they go wrong? They followed money. Because having loved the world and money, just like Demas in the Bible, they no longer use the Bible to teach their followers. Because if they did, the, the, the money box will not be filled up. These following pastors and Jews have successfully replaced Christ of the gospel with money. That's my problem. And that's the problem of any true believer. That's the major problem we have today. Money. Money. Money is Achilles' heel of most people who claim they are born again, Bible-believing Christians. Always about prosperity, nothing else. As a result, their followers, that's followers of these fallen pastors, have also fallen from the faith because they put their trust in their pastors and Jews and not on God. They do not worship money more than God. Now let's go to the world. The organizing principle of capitalism is greed. If you don't know what capitalism means, you should understand that's what is ruling the world right now. Even in those countries that claim to be communists or socialists, there's no such thing as communist country anyway. They're just talking nonsense. For captains of the world's military industrial complex, greed is an article of greed. Greed is the fuel that drives the military industrial complex, that if it drives the politics of all nations in the world, no exception, even the so-called Vatican City. Hence, they don't care the number of people that their military hardware kills, or how many people are impoverished as a result of their greed-fueled practices. They don't care. I'm talking about those in the world, the captains of the industry, the millionaires and the trillionaires. Fallen pastors and Jews are worse. See the analysis I just told you, but these guys are killing many people with their guns. Armaments they sell to warring parties. They also with uh, drugs that have adulterated with so many other gimmicks. I'm saying still, the fallen pastors and GOs are worse than all the captains of the military industrial complex, all combined. All combined. Why do I say so? The world's foremost capitalist can only kill this body. 
If they sell a gun and somebody shoots me today, this body can only die. But it will kill my soul. But the problem is falling pastors and Jews are stealing the souls of God's children. There is no hope for any person whose soul ends up in hell because there's no repentance in hell. But you see somebody who is killed with a gun or in a war and is killed, if the person is in the Lord, he will go to heaven because he's in the Lord. But if you're not in the Lord because you follow these wicked men and women, you end up in hell because that's the end of the story. That's why the, those who kill the body, remember what the Bible told you, means nothing. It's the person that kills the soul. And these are stealers of God's people's souls. That's why that was done. All the captains in the industry. But what shall we say about the followers of these fallen pastors and Jews? Some of them have PhDs. Some of them are professors in the universities. Some of them even have a theological education. Yet! How can these people walk against their own lives? That is what keeps many people who have known the Lord awake. Because he made some belief is unprecedented. Among those who claim that are born again, who are Bible-believing, practicing Christians. The same Bible they jettison, they throw away, and then follow the talk, the talk of men and women. They see their falling jet-owning pastors, and they still continue to fund them and to look up to them for spiritual guidance. Isn't that a tragedy? Yet, all they have to do is just look at the Bible, study the scriptures, and the truth will set them free. Why are you still hung on with these wicked men and women? I will continue to shout with my last breath because money is the, at the root of all these things. Sadly, many people are too lazy. I'm talking about born again Christians. I remember we've learned the characters of industry and the world. That's their business is to do evil. That's okay. But we're saying the evil that was brought into the lost church. That's the problem. They're stealing God's people. Those who are risen in the spirit, this is a time to fight. In your, on your knees, crying to heaven. For God's judgment to fall on any, stealing God's people. Next item. Now this is for you and me. Are you following money or following Christ? I'm going to see. Whom are you following? Scripture, please. Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 to 34. Verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Good. Did you see that? This is the Lord God himself telling you and I, we cannot serve both God and what? Money. Continue, please. Verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? A moment. If you worry, the enemy will give you words, and then you start falling. He's trying to say, put your trust in God. Don't worry about the things of around you. Place your trust in God. He's going to now give you, ask you to look at something. Look at verse 26. Go ahead, please. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not much more valuable than they? Praise the Lord. The Lord is making a case to you and I. If the birds can fly, God continues to enable them to eat. Aren't you more valuable? Meaning he's trying to say, don't allow the things in the world to distract you. That is all God is, the Lord is telling you and I here. We must not because he knows the moment we are distracted by the things we are looking for, the devil will pounce. Next one, please. Verse 27. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Continue. Verse 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. A moment. See it. Why are you worrying? Say, so look at the lilies in the field, grass. Look at the glory that they have. Continue, please. Verse 29, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Praise the Lord. He compares Solomon. And Solomon was the grandest king that ever ruled. With the best houses or house, the best, the first temple in Jerusalem, you cannot equal it. God is just saying, all the splendor of Solomon can be compared to lilies in the field. Can we continue, please? Verse 30. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? A moment. Question to you and I. The problem is our faith is in human beings. Our faith is in our abilities. Our faith, that faith is when you believe something, trust something completely. But if we have even a little faith in God, it countermands everything else. Continue, please. 31. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Continue. 32. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. A moment. You see that? Only unbelievers run after those things. Unbelievers worry about tomorrow, what they are going to do and all that, because they have no hope except in themselves and the world around them. Look at the key. It's going to be given in verse 33, please. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Praise the Lord. See, God is not saying he may not prosper you if that is his plan for you. That's give you wealth. Even though that wealth is not for you, it's for you to use for his glory, to glorify his name. He's saying, don't limit yourself. If you first give your life to Christ, and which you have done, those of you watching this broadcast, but make God your priority number one. That's the key. See God and what is righteousness. How do you get his righteousness? By obeying his commands. So if you live right, you act right, you speak right, he will guide you. Look at the apostles. He gave us an example. They were fishing after the Lord's resurrection. They caught nothing all night. They toiled all night. But when the Lord came, he said, cast it this way, and everything was filled. A lot of us who are believers labor unnecessarily. And we labor in the wrong things because we have not first sought the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So the things that God could have opened our eyes to see, we can't see because we are chasing other things. That's why many are still doing the wilderness journey. Continue, please. 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. Praise the Lord. What God is saying, relaxing me. I am your Lord and your Savior. I died for you. And I am with you every step of the way. Even if you pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. If there's fire around, I am there. In your tribulations, I am there. In your rejoicings, I am there. So he's saying, just enjoy today. Have fellowship with me. And, have, and just let tomorrow take care of yourself. Because I, the Lord, will take care of your tomorrow for you. The problem is most of us want to take our tomorrow, the care of tomorrow for ourselves. And then we run into trouble. Let me summarize. You are either following money or following Christ. The same applied to me. You are following one or the other. You can never follow both. I don't care how many gymnasts will tell you, oh, those who love it. He says this, I've just told you, you know. How do you know you follow money? You follow money when you are friends with the world. You have those friendships, you know why? Because you are hoping to get something from those relationships. You follow money because you are afraid to tell your boss in the office doing something bad and trying to involve you, trying to rationalize it. Well, if I don't do it, they may sack me. You know, of course you are following money. You are following money when you join these politicians all over the world or political parties that have nothing to offer anybody. But wickedness are involved. And you say, well, you know, I'll, I'll go there to do good. No, you're not going to do good. You are just chasing money. You are chasing power because you know power will bring you money. You think you deceive God. You want to eat your cake and have it. Why do you think the Lord gave us this warning? Why? You cannot serve God and mama. Why do you think so? He spent a lot of time to explicate that thing to his disciples. Incidentally, I believe that warning was for this present church age. He looked ahead in time and saw so many hundreds of millions who have believed. But he also saw the enemy using money to draw many of them away. That's why I said, oh boy, oh, many are called but few are chosen. Why? They followed money. They had a new master. If they believed, but then they followed money. Don't let anybody deceive you. Whenever you go and they tell you bring money, this will happen. If you don't run, you are killing your soul. And your blood is on your head. You see, I don't know what else to say. Because I've said this many times. Stop running after gold and silver. It's not going to help you and I. You think you are smarter than God? That's why God made it clear. In case you are wondering. That friendship with the world is enmity with God. You are either a friend of God or you are his enemy. I'm either a friend of God or I'm his enemy. Why do you think he said in James chapter 4, verse 4? No. Say, you are adulterers. Why do you say you call people, those people are adulterers? They said Christ was their Lord, meaning their husband. And then, an adulteress, somebody who lives, for, so then they run after money. Says, you are adulterers. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And he says it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. That's why many people who are believers cannot hear from God. 
Because you are his enemy. And he will fight you until you come back to your senses. You cannot be friends with the world and God will bless you. It is not possible. Let's go to number three. Are you on the wide road or the narrow road? Am I on the wide road or the narrow road? We're going to read the scripture now. Please go ahead. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 29. Verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Verse 14. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Okay, just a moment. Praise the Lord. I want you to see, see, the Lord never says something, but he also explains it if you can only but follow the scriptures. He's telling you that the road to eternal life is difficult. He's telling you that the road to eternal life is not pomp and pageantry. He's telling you that the road to eternal life is not in dressing, it's not in the big cars you ride, or in all that ragmatas they do in the churches where there's all entertainment. No, he's saying, because see, when the road is wide, right, and beautiful, most people are going to go there. I mean, that's normal. Who wants to take a narrow path when you are driving? You want to go through the right road. But he's saying that broad road, spiritually, leads to what? Destruction. And many, look at the world, many, he's not talking about unbelievers. Always remember, when the Lord is teaching his disciples, he's speaking to you and I. He's not speaking to unbelievers. He's telling them that many will enter through it. And many not entering through that wide road today, the so-called wide road, where you have neon signs advertising healings, miracles, signs and wonders. Oh yes, prosperity, everything. Are there many not going there? But small is the gate. How many of you watch this broadcast and share the messages? How many? And narrow the road. How many will share other messages that are Bible-believing, Bible-enriching, that will encourage you to go and have a fellowship with your Creator, Lord and Savior? How many? And only few find it. Few. Look at this. Many and few. Many and few. Many and few. Then he now tells us why many departed. Verse 15. It says, watch out for false prophets. They come what? In sheep's clothing. But in what did that ferocious wolves? Go ahead, please. 16. By their fruit, you will recognize them. The people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Moment. So if you say you don't know your G or your pastor is falling, why don't you compare your church where you attend with the church of the early church? What happened in the early church? They had things in common, they shared, people brought things. So everybody will eat. The poor, the rich brought. What you have today is the reverse. Where is the poor bring and the rich continue to be richer? The pastors continue to be richer and the Jews. So he said, by their fruit you will recognize them. You see it, you can see the signs of their living. Their luxurious living, contrary to the scriptures. 
their lordship over their fellow believers. And you, you are still saying, what are you talking about? Don't you value your life? If you value your life, you know what to do. Continue, please. 17. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. 18. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. 20. Thus, by their fruit you recognize them. 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? 23. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Just a moment. Praise the Lord. Why do you think the Lord tackled miracle workers? Why do you think the Lord <laughs> tackled those who claim they be casting out demons? Are you really telling me that if these ones were really casting them out and working miracles in the name of the Lord and the Lord was with them in that their whatever they were doing, he would have condemned them? No. Many times the teacher said, it doesn't matter, God, even if a vessel, no, it's not true. If you are a holy vessel, God cannot use you. You first have to be what? Holy. Fit for the master's use. So stop spreading heresy and falsehood. That's why the Lord will tell you if you are watching me, Geo, Pastor Fallen. Did you, you say, you tell me that they are prophesying? He said, no, you didn't prophesy in my name. You prophesied by who? By Mammon. You prophesied by Satan. You drove out demons. Of course, you didn't drive them out. You drive one hand, they're coming through the other way. Right, matters, right? You know, the magic. You are performing magic. You are not doing miracles because I did not authorize them. If the devil gave you powers, they are not from me. And I allowed it because you wanted to be deceived. That's why he tell you that day I never knew you. Can you imagine that? Away from me, you evil doers. So if you're hearing my voice today, and you're in this wicked business of deceiving many people by claiming that you're working miracles, by prophesying when the Lord has not said anything to you, desist today because judgment is coming. I can assure you, judgment is coming. Continue, please. Verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 25. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. 27. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. 29. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Praise the Lord for his word and for his warning to us. In conclusion, this segment, you are on the wide, easy road, or you're on the narrow and difficult path. You cannot be in both. I cannot be in both. You have to make your choice, wide or narrow. Narrow, reflect Christ in your dealings. Reflect Christ in everything. Study the scriptures. But if it's wide road, follow the prosperity preachers. 
and you end up with them where they're going to if they don't repent. Four, how to follow Christ in this time of immense unbelief. Remember the point we're talking, that there's great unbelief in the church, whether apostate or true. There's great unbelief. That's the problem. Forget the world. We're talking about the church. Scripture, please. 2 Corinthians 12, 12 verse 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Praise the Lord. Brother Paul is encouraging you and I that God is your sufficiency. God is my sufficiency. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Just hold on to him. Don't trust anybody. So long as it's a human being, don't trust any human being. I don't care who the person is. Trust only God. Don't act until you have that inner witness that God is directing you in any matter. Remember how we are talking, how to follow Christ in this time of immense unbelief in the church. I didn't say in the world. I said unbelief. I could put in the immense hypocrisy because they said they believe but they don't. So until you have an inner witness in any matter, don't bother, don't rush. Your Lord will speak to you. But you have to study your Bible like never before. You have to witness like never before. Because it's, the, it's almost there. We are right at the corner. It's all about to end. Preciously because the time we're in is really, really, really bad. I'm, I'm being honest with you. That's why I brought images of Ukraine. A day is going to come, the world is going to face all such ravages. Worse than what we're seeing now. That time, even if you mention the word Lord or Christ, you are dead. Always remember the words of our Lord in John chapter 14, verse 1, verses 1 to 4. We're going to read it. Always remember the words. Because in your moment of distress, as you are worried about this immense unbelief, as you watch the events happening, never, ever, ever be afraid. Never, ever be lose hope. Never, ever, because your Lord is greater than all the problems. Your Lord is greater than all the wickednesses and evil. Your Lord is greater than all the mess unbelief. The important thing is you and Him dragging you through unto that final moment when He will say, Welcome home, my son and my daughter. Praise the Lord. Read, please. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Praise the Lord. Let not your heart be troubled, says the Lord to you this day. You believe in God, believe also in the Lord who saved you and I on the cross. Because... The Lord has told you and I that he has mansions prepared for us in the heavens. Mansions we shall occupy until the world is destroyed. And then we'll come to inherit the new earth and the new heavens. He's promised us that he has gone to prepare a place for you and I. But we must be faithful. 
And part of being faithful is not to worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. I know it's very hard for many people. I understand perfectly. Many people are passing through so many difficulties. But please don't lose hope in God. Don't place your hope in any human being. If I can only go to that person and prostrate to him or her, he's going to get me a job. Or prostitute myself if you're a woman. Even men now prostitute themselves to get jobs. Don't do that. Because God is the protector of your soul. Though you may die in the body, but your soul will live. And in the last day, that body will come back as spiritual body to join you. Never give in. Never give up. Trust the Lord who is your God. So he's telling you this morning, let not your heart be troubled. It's a message for you today. Let not your heart be what? Troubled, no matter what you see around you. Never lose hope. Never give up. Always look unto him who has called you and I. Do the work of the evangelist. Preach in season, out of season. Share messages like this because you'll be serving many people. So this morning the Lord is the protector of your soul. the protector of my soul. That's why the song today is protector of my soul. Shall we sing together? Oh, protector of my soul, Lord Jesus. You will stand against any foe. In the dark. You'll be a light for me. And for all who are hearing this message. Oh, protector of my soul. Oh, protector of my soul. I know you are standing against all the foes of your children. And in the dark, you light all of us. Oh, protector of my soul. You who created the ends of the earth, guided me onto your throne and through the cross. You offered your healing hand to me and to everyone listening to this message. Mercifully made me your own son. Oh, gracious God above, I could never end your love. What can I do to your love? I'm amazed to see all you have given me, my Father, my God. Oh, gracious God above, glory and honor belong to you, God. You who created the ends of the earth, guided us onto your throne, all who are hearing this message. Offer your healing hand to us. Mercifully, you have made us your own children. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. You're already indwelling us. Come even in greater anointing, Lord, on all who hear this message. Show the world where life comes from. May they always see your life in us. Oh, Holy Spirit, manifest again through us to the world. You who created the ends of the earth, guided us onto your throne, offered your healing hand to us, mercifully made us your own. Oh, protector of my soul. You will stand against the foe. For all of us. Oh Lord. In the dark. You will be alive for all of us. Protect us, oh God. 
Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Dear God, your love can never be repaired. Your grace is unmerited. Bless everyone watching this broadcast at this moment, Lord. Especially those ones who have been so faithful. And they share your messages. Because they are your messages, Lord. They share your messages, Lord. Bless them abundantly, Lord. By, oh Lord, anointing them afresh for ministry. Open your eyes to see what you have seen ages ago, Lord. So that they will walk even more vigorously, Lord. Bless their home, Lord. Rebook the devourer for their sakes. Whoever will come against them, Lord, may they fall in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Empower them, O oh Lord. Heal their homes. Heal their businesses or their workplaces, Lord. That they may continue to glorify you. Teach them from your word. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Praise the Lord. I bless you. I, I, I thank you all for watching. May the Lord bless you all. I continue to bless you all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Next Sunday, by His grace, we'll continue. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you. 